your hands. Just close your eyes or just do what you need to do. Just don't switch off. But come, Holy Spirit. I've just got a few people here this morning. I uh, just want to encourage this particular person. Uh, you learned how to play a stringed in- instrument. It was like a violin. Something like, I, don't know, I don't know if it was a violin or a viola or a cello or something like that. But the Lord's speaking to you again. I, I just feel encouragement of the Lord. Just to, uh, you, You've been thinking about picking that back up again. And I encourage you this morning just to... Uh, just to pick it back up again. So the Lord's going to start to use you and it's going to have to bring a new sound in the house. But I've been contemplating it for a little while, probably about a year or so. I want to encourage you to pick it up. Um, there's a... There's a scripture I felt the Lord placed on my heart this morning. And it said this. I sought the, in Psalm 34 verse 4 I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears someone watching online at the moment and um, Ben Ben and uh, you got the you got the um, issue with the eye and uh, one of the things I felt the Lord speaking to you about is this um, there's going to become a a healing. God wants to do a healing work in your life. And uh, you've struggled with anxiety, you've struggled with fear for a long time. But I just sense the Lord's going to do a healing work. And um, where there's been anxiety that has plagued you, God's going to take you back to the place where you experienced a lot of anger, where you experienced hostility. There was a part in your life that frightened you. And in that part there was the, it was the root cause of a lot of the anxiety that you're facing today. And just as you lay where you're lying right now, just, you're watching online, but as you lay where you are, I want you to hold this verse in your head. I sought the Lord. I cried out to the Lord. And He heard me. Second thing, the Lord hears your cry. You've been, you've been crying out to the Lord. Come and help me. Come and touch my heart. Today the Lord says He's heard your cry. He's going to come and deliver you from all your fears. All your fears. And He's going to heal your eye too. Sometimes He brings us into a position where we we're caused to, we need to lie down for a little bit. Actually, the real work that the Lord wants to do is not just in the physical body, which He'll come and bring healing to you, but He wants to heal your heart as well. Roberto, where are you? Roberto, just met you. Roberto, can I pray for you, sir? How you doing? I'll come down here. I just felt the Lord place you in my heart this morning, and um, no doubt you've been touched deeply by His presence. You've Met you last week on Sunday. This is what I felt for the Lord from you, is this. There is a leadership call upon your life. You're called to bring a positive influence into people's lives. And you, there, is a, there is a leadership gift. God is going to use you. God has always caused you, called you to bring hope and to bring direction into people's lives. You're a good man. You are a good man. And um, just that I read that verse, I sought the Lord, I cried out to the Lord, and He delivered me from all my fears. And one of the things I felt was this, is that there's been fear in your heart, and it's caused you to become angry and hostile. And uh, you're not an angry person, you're, you're, you're a nice man, you're a gentle man. But you've been sit, there's been a, a pile of fear that has been sitting in your heart that is, that is the cause of this anger, and it's been, it's been quite disruptive to you. But the core, this is what I want to encourage you with. Sorry? You've done all this? Uh, 
the, I just felt from the Holy Spirit. And, and, and this is the number I got the word, the word seven. It's almost like at the age of seven, something happened and something shifted inside of your life. This is a, a young boy at the age of seven years old. I don't know you. This is probably the second, to- third time I've spoken to you. But this is what I felt. And but from the age of seven and at that point there, the Lord wants to come and bring healing into that part there where you are. As a young boy, you got frightened. And I don't know whether somebody left you or somebody was harsh with you. And then you almost drowned. Wow. But it's like a fear got into your life. And that fear has been affecting you the whole it's been affecting your career. It's been affecting the relationships around you. But today, the Lord wants to say to you, He's got you in His heart. He's always been there. He's always been calling you. But what you're going to experience is this. Over this time, you're going to start to experience a deep sense of His love over your life. And you're going to start to feel like a deep sense of freedom, like shackles starting to fall off you. People are going to are going to be a remark there's going to be a remarkable change in your life and what was always there in your heart a, a, a soft hearted man, a man who cares for people but also a, a man that's got a leadership gift on his life is going to start to come forward and things that you thought were over, things that you thought were done God's going to start to restore dreams and start to restore you as a man it's going to restore, it's going to restore relationships I just, can I just pray for you Heavenly Father, Lord I thank you for Roberto Lord I thank you for your love for him Lord, I pray right now that your presence would come and just minister. Lord, that your love would come and touch his heart. Father, would you speak into the area of fear? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you that you came and that you relieved of us, that you delivered us from all our fears. Lord, I pray that today, Holy Spirit, that you'll do a deep work in Roberto's life. Even at this point, even right now, the Holy Spirit would break that yoke of fear, that you'd break anger of his life today in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that today, even in this moment, Lord, that he would experience an overwhelming sense of your joy and your love for him today. Lord, right now, I speak your peace. I speak your favor. I speak your love into his life. Touch him, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. How about that? Another gentleman you're watching online, you've got a flowery shirt. The Holy Spirit just wants to come and touch you and, um, and, and just love on you today. You're a great man. You've been a great blessing. And uh, I want to encourage you this morning. Uh, you've got a flowery shirt you're watching online. And it's kind of, not quite like this, but it's, it's, a, it's a flowery type shirt, a, a floral type shirt. The Lord wants to just encourage you this morning. He loves you. And uh, what you've been believing for will come to pass. The breakthrough you've been looking for will come to pass. There's somebody here today, another person in, in your home or, so, or, or a home around you. One of the things that you experienced was like a, a shimmering light. It's like what you thought you saw was an angel. What you thought you saw was an angel. But it's not an angel. It was a, it was a demonic spirit. And uh, the Lord wants to bring freedom into your life. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. But um, something's happened which has caused this. Don't be deceived. Demons deceive people. Demons come. Some, the, the scripture talks about that. He comes as an angel of light sometimes. So sometimes he'll come. He's, he's very deceptive. But he'll come like an angel of light. In other words, try to deceive people that he's good. That he's tried to deceive people that this is a, 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 a holy experience. But it, this particular occasion, it is not. It's a, it was like a shimmering light. It's like you saw sparkles and then it just moved off. I encourage you today, whatever has happened, there's 
there's something there that you're going to need to repent of and, and, and make a turn. This is a warning from the Holy Spirit to you. Don't go down that path. Make a turn right now. And if you're feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit over you, I just want you to come and talk to me afterwards or call, call me during the week. But I, I, I feel it in my spirit. It was like a, it was in your house. It was in a. It was almost like it was in a hallway. It was like a. It was like a. Leah, like a, 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 a um, like a sparkle of light. Don't be deceived by that. The Lord wants to come and bring you freedom. Don't. It, it will come and try and deceive you, but it will bring pain inside of your life. You need to turn from that. Amen. God bless you. Why don't you just grab a seat? Great to see you in the house this morning. I want to just welcome another great, great man, great father, great friend, great grandfather. I'm, a, I'm pretty sure you're a good husband too. <laughs> but uh, Pete, great to have you here this morning. We love you. We honour you. Uh, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for uh, your faithfulness. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your wisdom. Uh, we thank you for the word that you, the Lord has placed in your heart this morning. Let's welcome uh, Peter Kirsten this morning as he comes to bring the word. Thank you, guys. Good to see you guys this morning. Can you hear me okay? Okay. I felt during the worship, the Lord was just, it's, I had the sense that He was just calling us to a deeper surrender. You know, that's, that's our walk, that we would surrender. And sometimes that's difficult. We don't do that easily. But the, the reward of surrender is amazing. You know, I sensed His presence this morning. What an amazing place we have here and the freedom to worship freely. Incredible. This morning, I just want to, I want to share a word that the Lord's laid on my heart that I believe will really encourage you. And it's, it's called Seeds of Revival. And we think, we think God's sovereign and revival when come, will come when He decides it will come. But I believe the Lord works with us. He does His work. And if, as we come into agreement with Him, His purpose will be fulfilled. Do you believe that He wants to heal you? That He wants to save you? That He wants to speak to you? Like all the time. But often it's the blockages in us that prevent that happening. It's our, often our wrong concepts. The scripture this morning is in James 5 verse uh, 16. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There's a lot in that. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Fervency, what's that speak to you of? I was going to ask you this morning, how's your fervency? 
How's the flame inside of you today? Is it a little flicker? Is it a raging flame? I believe the Lord wants to start a bushfire. And that's revival. When that happens, that's what revival is. And it's not necessarily waiting for that sovereignty of the Lord, but for us to get hold of his heart and say, Lord, make me willing to come into agreement with you. What do you think of the lost? What do you think of the broken? What's your thought to our community? I was challenged. Often we pray when crisis hits. Who's like that? When crisis hits in our life, we, we, we get on our face, we get on our knees, and we, we, we pray fervently. Maybe one of your children is, is really seriously sick. Does that get, get you praying fervently? And it doesn't, it doesn't get distracted. You know how we, we sometimes go into our prayer time and we, we have a bit of a list and we think of all the things we should pray for, and, but there isn't much fervency in it. But we, we do the list. I remember years ago, um, Larry Lee brought out a teaching, Could You Not Pray One Hour? And it was a great, who remembers that? There's a couple here. <laughs> he, was, he did an hour long, could you not pray one hour out of, you know, the Lord spoke to his disciples. And it was a great foundation or a basis to pray. But we could go through the motions and really not touch God's heart. Some of the great men of revival hit some keys that I believe we've lost. Charles Finney would, he was an amazing man that surrendered his life to God and God used him powerfully in revival back in the 1860s. He had 80% of the people that committed their life to the Lord stayed committed their whole life. 80%. If we get 10%, we're doing really well. And I think sometimes we have a, we have a, a softness about our, our conversions. And often people can come and they say, yeah, I want Jesus. But it can be more of an add-on rather than a full surrender of their life. A full surrender of giving everything and surrendering everything to the Lord. We need to see our eternal condition in the light of what, how God sees it. When we see our lost state in, in the view of eternity, if we don't see that, if we think it's just, well, I'll add Jesus to my life, that's not very powerful. But when we come with a brokenness and a, and a, a humility and a, 
surrender that says, I'm giving it all to him. If we see our lost condition, that will see us in eternity in hell if we don't have a saviour. Because that's the reality. We might, we might look at others and say, well, I'm not as bad as this and I'm not as bad as that. But how do we see each other? How do we see ourselves in the light of God's holy standard? That's why Jesus died. Jesus died on the cross that we might be saved. You know, the horrendous death that he went through. I heard just even recently, some people say that, well, a lot of people were crucified and they went through the physical death that Jesus went through. But the the death, he said, Isaiah tells us that he was marred more than any other man. And the death that he went through, no other human being has ever been through that. He kept the, the horrific part of his death was that he took all of your sin, all of my sin, all of the sins of every person living, and it was placed on him. Can you even fathom the tiny depth of just my sin of my entire life placed on Jesus? He carried that. No wonder they came to him and he was already dead. You know, if you start to think of your passion for Jesus, begin to think of the weight that he carried to save you. Begin to think of what he carried to bring you into a place of freedom. You know, this morning, the fervent, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Charles Finney used to have a man called Daniel Nash. They called him Father Nash. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Amazing man. He would go into the town before Charles Finney, usually a week or so before, and he'd find a quiet place and sometimes find someone else that would join him And he would begin to intercede for the people of that town. And he would groan and travail. It's a word that we don't use in church very often, but some of you would know what I'm talking about. Where he would get God's heart for the people of that town and night and day for a week or so travail until the breakthrough came. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Travail till the breakthrough yeah some of you do it's a powerful thing and I believe it's largely lost but I want to stir you today that your flame would grow from being a flicker to be a a light that would burn hot for God and this man would pray on his face groaning in his spirit giving himself to the burden of that God would put on him for the people. And he would know when it was done. He would know when when it was achieved. He would make a list. On that list, he had this publican who just absolutely loved to give Christians a hard time. He would see a Christian and he'd begin swearing at them, cursing them, and just to really try and upset them and offend them. So this man went on 
Father Nash's list. And he began to pray for him. After Finney started his meetings there, this guy turns up in the meeting and a lot of people thought he was coming to disrupt the meeting. Finney had a lot of persecution from Christians that didn't believe what he was doing. He had um, both him and Father Nash had effigies strung up. That's the, you know, they'd make a, what would you call it? A little doll or a representation of those men and burn it. So that's pretty heavy duty. They would walk around his meeting shouting and jeering and firing their guns during a meeting. But this publican came into the meeting and a lot of, some left because they thought he was going to cause trouble. And he started to repent. And Finney says he has never seen the depth of repentance that came from this man. You know, the Lord can have his way through you. Can the effective, fervent prayer come through you? When crisis comes, I had a, I've had a crisis. We have had a crisis with my son. Some of you know he was, um, had a serious helicopter accident six years ago, and he's a par- paraplegic. And along with that, there was a lot of issues. Some were there before. Some have been because of the accident. And so he's, he had a little time out at um, the prison here. And he was on a um, home detention at our place. And it's been difficult, really difficult. Sometimes Sam would respond and come close, and when, the, when Sandy would pray for him, he would feel God. He would be laid out at times. He would feel the Holy Spirit. But then he'd flip the other way, and he'd become abusive. And so the cry in my heart started to rise. You know, when, we, when, some, I, when I first heard of Sam's accident, I just fell on my face before God and the groan that come up out of my spirit, I just prayed, God, save him. And the Lord heard me. It was a very brief prayer and I knew almost instantly that the Lord had heard me. And a peace came and we went to Wellington where he had been taken by helicopter and you know, his physical body was preserved. Not fully healed, But now, you know, your children, my children that are unsaved, will that cry come up with the same intensity? We sometimes think the physical need is greater than the eternal, but it is not. I fear for his eternal state. And the intensity needs to rise, and it is rising. Finney used to say this. He said that when we pray, God is always wanting to heal. He's always wanting to save. He's always wanting to talk. He's always wanting to meet us. 
But often we're not in a right place to be asking for the right things. Like he says in James, you ask amiss. You ask, but you ask amiss. Miss, sorry. And so when we allow our heart to be touched by the Holy Spirit and pray with that fervency, that intensity, something rises. When you give yourself to praying in tongues, have you ever done it and you pray in your normal spirit language, but then you, there's an intensity starts to come and a whole new language will come out. And you think, God, where'd that come from? But if you give yourself to it, I don't know where the end of that is. And I believe as we, the Lord's standard of, of releasing blessings is like here, and our normal flow is here. But as we, as we, the temperature rises in our prayer life, we start to come up and we come up into agreement where he is and the blessing flows. Prayer changes us more than it, ch- it doesn't change God's mind ever. His, his heart and his his purpose to us is blessing and allowing it to flow. Everything through Jesus Christ is yes and amen. That's his flow to us. But often we're not in that place of coming up and coming into agreement. It's like a, the flow of a river and there's, a, there's a, um, an irrigation stream off to the side that's a little higher. And as we come up in intensity and in agreement with God, come into repentance for the things that are not right in our lives, we come up to that agreement and the diversion of that river comes into that flow that's God's. Can you see that? But often it's, we need to repent. We need to you know, submit ourselves to God to surrender what is not godly. Surrender self. Often self is huge. And you cannot cast out self. It's not a demon. Self is our flesh. Self is me, my, I. The self-confidence, the self-assurance, the self, you know, you can add all the words. The ego, the ambition, the inner motives of the heart. That's what he wants to get to. When Jesus died on the cross, what happened in the temple? What happened? Ripped top to bottom. Do you know what that means? It's incredible. When that veil, the, the, the temple was the was the place of God's abiding and it was divided into three parts. But the the innermost part was the holiest of holies where the the cherubims were and the Ark of the the Covenant and the glory of God lived there, resided there. The presence of God was there. And the priest, the high priest, was allowed to go in once a year only with blood. And they tied a rope around his leg and he had bells on the bottom of his skirt. So if he stopped moving, they thought, man, he's gone in there and he wasn't right with God. And so they pull on the rope, 
drag him out because he would have died. But when the, tent, when the, the curtain of the temple was ripped in half, that signified that that was a place that every believer under the blood of Jesus can come into that presence. What a privilege. That is not just positionally. Often we're taught that's our position. But experientially, have you found that? In, in, in our experience right now, do we find that? And if not, why not? Why aren't we coming into that place of the presence of God? Imagine we could sense the presence this morning. We could sense the presence in the prayer meeting. But imagine that being like when Solomon's temple was dedicated, they couldn't stand to minister because of the power of the presence. The fire in you is as we allow the Holy Spirit to work and burn. Have you ever fallen in love? Anybody? Yes. <laughs> good, good, good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> what a passion that's in you. What a besottedness. You know, you can't wait to be with that person. Your, all your thoughts day and night are for that person. And your, your whole desire is captivated. But what happens? You know, we get to know each other better and we spend a lot of time together. We may get married and have some children. And the, the raging bushfire sort of just starts to die down a little. You know, we get to know all our little, each other's idiosyncrasies of what we scratch and what we pick and, you know. <laughs> what are the noises that come out of when we're sleeping? And <laughs> Hypothetically, or, or, you know, of course. But I believe the Lord wants to stir us again to a first love. Remember when you first found Christ, the love that was in your heart. What was your thoughts during the day? I couldn't stop thinking about Jesus. I knew that he was walking right beside me. I want to recapture that. But who, who has ever lit in a fire? I suppose most of you have at one point, out in the bush. If you're in Australia, in the outback, in the middle of summer, and you've got a goanna you want to roast on the, beside the billabong, it's not hard to start a fire. A few twigs and a bit of grass, and away she's gone. The, the, the problem there is going to be to contain it. But if you're in the Rohini's, in the middle of a southerly storm, in the middle of winter, your life is going to be, depend whether you can light a fire. And it will take skill and experience to do it. So 
if your flame has gone out, if it's really low, I encourage you this morning, I encourage you this morning to persevere to relight it. Persevere to allow that flame to grow. You know, crisis that I talked about, it's not a bad thing. We all have crises. All of us. Jacob, when he was coming back with his family, he was coming back to where he started. He had an, he had an encounter with God, but he had a crisis. He was coming back to his brother that the last words they spoke were, I'm going to kill you. He hated him. Jacob had stolen Esau's birthright through trickery and then went on to do a lot more trickery. He was a con man. Jacob, the deceiver, that's what he was. But his chooks came home to roost as they do for all of us. What The Lord is not mocked. God is not a fool. What we sow, we reap. And if we come to the Lord in a, in a soft way of just say, I see that hand, and we come to the front, and there's a, a soft way of coming into the kingdom, and there's not a great deal of repentance Repentance has to happen. It may be okay that that's happened, but sooner or later in our walk, we will need to deal with the sin issues in our life. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. The righteous man is one that is right with God. That is, you know, we can never, we can never come up to God's standard on our own. But he expects us to repent and put sin aside. And if you love and burn with the, with the holy passion and fire and first love of God, you will not want to sin. You will put aside things that you know are going to hurt that relationship. But I, I put it to you, you cannot burn hot and still love sin. You cannot. But our choice today is, do we want to burn hot? Or do we like our religion? Do we like our form? The fervent, effective prayer. These men in Finney's day, I encourage you, you guys up top there, if you could put the, the book up on, on the screen would be helpful. Write it down and read this book, you guys. Get it and read it. It'll change your life. If you haven't got this one or can't get it, get Reese Howe's Intercessor. There's another one. Praying Hide. These men knew how to pray. They knew how to bring the level of their righteousness or their you know, the putting of the flesh down and the surrender to God to become in agreement with Him so that the life flow of the Spirit would start to flow. You and I have tasted that to a small degree. 
But let's bring it up to a new level. Let's bring it to a level where we are in full agreement with God for what He has for this, for our community, for our people. Let that fire burn. When Jacob had to wrestle with God that night, he was wrestling knowing that his brother wanted to kill him and had an army to do so. That the intensity of that crisis was that he laid hold of God in such a way that God came and changed his name. Instead of being deceiver, supplanter, that ripped off people, he became a prince with God. That's what happens when conversion happens. He changes your very nature. He changes your heart. He gives you a new heart, a heart that's good, a heart that's after God. But we need to cultivate it like the fire in the bush. If you get a fire started in a wet, soggy, wintry night, you've got to feed that. You've got to nurture it. You've got to get it and protect it. Other things will want to blow it out, will want to snuff it out, will want to take the time or the fuel you put on it and take it somewhere else, whether it's TV or other social media or what it is for you, it's your bell. What is it that takes your time that stops you feeding that fire? It's like the first love of marriage. It doesn't keep going on its own. You have to nurture it. You have to to protect it. You have to put into it. If you don't, it'll frizzle out and you'll have a pile of embers and you try blowing on it and you'll have a face full of ash. You might be able to save it in time, but if you keep fueling it with good dry material, if you keep fueling your walk with the Lord with intensity and whatever's in the heart, that's what the Lord wants to get at. He knows what's in there, but often we don't. That's why He says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it come the issues of life. What's in your heart that nobody knows about? That's what He wants to get to. And it's being honest about that. He'll he'll put his finger on your finances. If he gives you a couple of million bucks, he'll put his finger on it and say, can you surrender that to me? It might be that we're holding it too tight. It might be we're holding it too loose. How do we hold it good enough to be a good steward of it? We took nothing in, we'll take nothing out. So he does that stuff. For everything that's dear to you, every idol that's in your life that's before him, he wants to get to it. It is painful. It's not pleasant. But it's absolutely necessary. Jacob wrestled all night. He wrestled over his deception. He wrestled over his life, his decisions he'd made. At the end of the day, he was a changed man by the next morning. Your wrestle can be short. It can be long. 
in the days of George Mueller and Charles Finney, another guy that worth, worth reading his prayer accounts. People would often come and they would be anxious because they didn't know whether they were right with God. And sometimes that wrestle took a long time. It could take a few days to that point of fully surrendering, fully trusting Jesus, what He had done on the cross 2,000 years ago, He had done for you. What a glorious thing. What an amazing thing. Don't make Him attack on. Fully surrender your life to Him. Give over those things you can't take with you anyway. He wants your heart. Are you ready to surrender? I just encourage people here. There's some that you know that the Lord's calling you up to a higher place in prayer. That you would, you know, something you know, you understand the seed of what it is to to travail. To agonize for someone else. The incredible thing is when you start to travail and agonize for a lost person, when that person finally comes, you are knit to them. You are knit to them as a father is to his child, a mother is to her child. There's a spiritual connection. What would it be like if this place was added 2,000 people that came in a fire of revival? Would we get left in the dust because we're not up to that? Or would we rise to it and be the mums and dads that those people would need? I believe God wants to pour out revival. I really do. But He said, I would have you to be hot or cold. Will we be the raging fire? the city set on a hill. This morning, I just, I think we, we, you know, there's a place for us to respond. And I'm not, I don't think it's that we need someone to pray for us. I think it is a heart decision to say, Lord, I want you in a deeper way. I need you in a deeper way. Crisis will bring you there. But seeing our condition of lukewarmness, if we recognize it, or other things have come in, some things have taken the place that I should be giving to Him. This morning, if, if that's you, you know, and you want to make that place. You don't need to come to the front, although you can if you want to. But just if you're wanting to make a fresh surrender to the Lord, 
Would you just stand? Would you stand for him and say, Jesus, I want you. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Precious Lord. Precious Lord. Precious Lord. Precious Lord. Lord. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would touch every heart. You are so gracious, Lord. You're amazing. You are so gracious. If my people who are called by my name will humble their heart and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I'll heal the land. Our nation needs us. Our, our nation needs a burning fire of revival. Holy Spirit, burn in our hearts. Lay your burden. Help us to, Lord, help us to see and feel your burden for the lost. Lord, we can't manufacture that. We can't even often see it. But Lord, we ask that by your Spirit, you would place that on us, that we would pray it through, that we would stay focused in prayer, and we would know when the breakthrough comes. We thank you for that. I just encourage you to stay in that place. Just there's no rush to go. If you need prayer, someone to pray for you, please come forward. But just stay in that place of surrender and give to the Lord what you know is not right in your heart. And when you get home in your own place, continue with that. Surrender what is not what is not yours to carry. Surrender what you've held on to as an idol. The things you've struggled with in sin. Get desperate. Get fervent with it. And see what God will do. The Lord bless you.